Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Small Ball Market, everyone's favorite podcast dedicated to news and discussion surrounding the small market teams of the NBA. My name is Zach Reglin, and joining me as they always do are my fantastic co-hosts, Wyatt Reglin and Cody Cook. How you guys doing? I've been better after this week in, uh, in basketball, but we'll get through it. Yeah, exactly. I've been feeling the same way about the Blazers. How about you, Wyatt? Ducks suck. Blazers suck. It's it's a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is. It is not a great week in terms of uh, Oregon sports right now. But the Timbers are in the championship. Timbers. Yeah, and the Lady Ducks. So you know. That. Yeah, the Lady Ducks are great. The Lady Ducks are seven and zero. So, uh, but yeah. Well, but we got a lot to talk about in the NBA right now. Let's um, do, let's do a quick shout out to the RCTID though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Timbers, guys. Like, they're playing the MLS Cup. We will definitely be watching, and we will all be cheering hard for the Timbers. It's so good to have a good Portland team for once. When we root, we root for the Timbers. Yep, exactly. But uh, we have a lot of NBA news to cover, and uh, I feel like we should really talk about the Western Conference because uh, the Eastern Conference is pretty predictable right now. Boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were just a few teams at the top, but the West, uh, one through 14, it's anybody's game right now, about a quarter of the way through the season. And, uh, 14, here I got, I got a little, I got a little stat for you. <clears throat> there is a four game separation between one and 14 in the Western Holy conference. Crap. There is a 15 gap. <laughs> It's a five-game difference, actually. Five, okay, five-game, five game, sorry. And then there's a 15-game uh, difference in the Eastern Conference. So we're working yeah, with 15 there. and five. Is it Chicago? Yeah, Chicago's 14. And uh, But yeah, yeah, currently right now, uh, Denver took the top spot tonight because uh, the, the Clippers lost. But uh, we've been, we already gave quite a bit of time to Denver, so I actually thought that we should talk about the Clippers at number two right now. They're currently at 15 and seven and nobody thought this team was going to be any good this year. I, we all were on the record as saying like looking at their over unders and be like, yeah, give me the under on that. This team is going to be bad. Oh, for sure. Pretty sure they're already almost at their over under, aren't they? Uh, no, I think, it was some, I think it <laughs> they was were like 25. I thought it was in the thirties. Uh, like 25. Anyway. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. Um the but yeah, the Clippers, they've been really good so far. And uh, I just wanted to get you guys thoughts on like what's been working for them and like how they've taken some teams by surprise. You know, man, um as far as star players, the closest thing you got is Lou Will coming off the bench as your sixth man. Other than that, Tobias Harris is your like solidified uh I guess you could say your go to guy. Um in the starting lineup. But other than that, they have the most efficient, most productive bench in the NBA as of right now. Um, Montrezl Harrell, shout out to the goon squad. That's what, you know, every time you see the Clippers on TNT, they always, always let you know that Montrezl Harrell branded their second unit, the goon squad. So, you know, you got Tobias Harris, Pat Beverly, Lou Will, Harrell, um, Gallinari. You just got a bunch of solid, solid guys in there that, that all really mesh well together. So, It'll be interesting to see how long they can prolong this level of play. Yeah, it's really interesting because there's like, like what you you were saying, there really isn't a star. And you could argue that almost every other team in the West has like a solidified. The only other one who I would say doesn't have a star is Sacramento, Mm -hmm. who like doesn't have like a fully established star. Like even Phoenix was last place. Yeah, even well, no, I'm not Disney Fox. I'm just saying he's a second year guy. Like we don't know yet, yeah. but uh, but and you know, even the Suns have Booker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Suns, who are even the last place team in the in the West, they have Booker, who's a solidified star in the league. So, uh, it's just weird to see that a, a team with a, without really a go to guy. Like last year, the go-to elite. guy was DeAndre Jordan. So yeah, and, and I thought for was, sure losing him was going to mean they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, especially because they were like barely, they were like flirted with the playoff berth last year with uh, DeAndre Jordan as their star player, but Which it didn't end up better happening. without him. Yeah, you could argue that, and yeah, they've been. It's been crazy to see because, like, I, I, 
honestly, I'm like hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm kind of mad at myself that I wasn't bigger on this team. I mean, Same. how could how could you have known though? You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, the Wizards could be good, right? And then it's like, oh, okay, well, the Wizards are hot garbage, you know. But it's you just look and at the, the group of are guys kind of turning you got. it around right now a little bit. Well, well yeah, but I, we digress a little bit. But uh, on the Clippers, like they have a lot of players that I like. Like mm-hmm. I've always really liked Patrick Beverly. Like Tobias Harris is a dec- is like a solid guy, and Lou Williams is a great off the bench guy. It's like they just have all these solid players. But I feel like we all overlooked them going into the season because they didn't have that go-to talent on their team and that's was a big mistake on all of our parts but it's just like it was like how could we have known in the stacked west that the clippers they they would end up being a team that shined in the early portions of the year and i mean it really is in large part due to tobias harris because i mean you look at last year he was starting to to produce towards the tail end of his career but or not his career but towards the tail end of the season, but not as efficiently in the numbers that he's putting up this year. I mean, he's honestly making making a campaign for most improved player. Like, possibly. You could throw his name in that argument. Or you said Tobias Harris there? Yeah. Or, yeah. And you could even argue that he's not even the player on his team who's most deserving. Yeah, yeah most exactly. Like, because Montrezl Harrell has been very good. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, where is he at right now statistically? I'm pulling it up. Uh, Who is this for? Montrezl Harrell. Okay. You could argue I just want to say, can I have my thoughts on the Clippers real quick? Yeah. So, in the words of Chris Vernon on the ringer, the thing is about this team is they just don't have a player on this team that sucks. Like, not a single one of them is bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's... it's literally like, I feel like you could put Harrell in the starting lineup. Or you could put Bobon in the starting lineup. Or you could pretty much just alternate any of these guys in the lineups and they'll be just as good. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like we've, I think a lot of us spent too much time harping on the fact that uh, they didn't really have a great player. That we kind of overlooked the fact that they don't really have a bad player on that roster. They're probably, you could argue they have like the like one through 12 or whatever, that they're like the deepest team. I don't know, man. Marching Gortas pretty bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, even um, he doesn't suck. Yeah, no, true. he was a starter for like his whole time in Washington. But but no, going back to uh, going back to Montrezl Harrell, um, for his career, he's averaging 9.6 uh, points per game and 3.9 rebounds per game um, under one block. And that's for his career, including this year. Um, but this year alone, he's averaging almost 17 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, and almost two blocks per game. Like, that's in- that's incredible. That's just a crazy increase. And just from last season, he's increased his points per game by five, and his uh, rebound percentage is up by three. It's like, I don't know if that's like full-on, like, complete most improved player worthy, but there's an argument to be made. Yeah, the, and it's, you know, we always go back to, like, the eye test. We always talk about it. He just looks good out there. And, I mean, I feel like his rebounds, you know, he started off the year a little bit slow on rebounds, but he's double-doubled, like, the last seven out of ten games. Like, it's nuts. So, his rebound numbers are only going up the more minutes he plays. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy to see so far. Like, this this team, it's just, like, they've been the surprise team of the year, and it's... And I'm curious to see whether they can keep it up. I'm still not 100% sold whether what they're doing right now is sustainable. Like, are you guys? With Doc Rivers steering the ship, it's bound to crash at some point. (laughs) But you could also also argue that with Doc Rivers steering the ship, that could actually be a good thing. Because, I mean, we've, we've all poked our fun at Doc Rivers over the years, but... He's, he's a, a good, good coach. Co- he's a good coach. Like, there's a reason. Yeah. He's still, there's a reason he's Bill still. Bill Simmons made a good point. point on his pod too. I keep feeling like I'm stealing from pods, but Doc Rivers has never had like a full young team. Like he never wants to coach a full young team. He's good with the veteran players. That's how he's a good coach when he has those veteran players. And most of these guys are 
a good mix of rookies and veteran players, and it's just a good mix of things for this team. It's mostly veterans, when you really think about it. Yeah, like, really is, I can't they all know their role. Yeah, it's a bunch of dudes who've been in the league for several years now. They all know their role. Like, it's, yeah, it's really, it's kind of weird because you usually don't see a team of, like, almost all veterans together. The only young guy can think it's Gildress Alexander. Gildress Alexander is the rookie, uh... Is Jerome Robinson on the? Yeah, he is. I'm actually well. They have they have yeah they have three rookies on their team in uh, Shea Gilgis on their roster as a. Uh, oh, one of them I actually believe is a. Uh, is uh, oh, second no, no, year. Yeah, he's Darius like, Morwell. Uh, it's Anel Angel uh, Delgado. That's another. That's like a. I think that's a two way con. That's a two way contract. He's a rookie, but uh, they have. Let's see. One, two, three, four. They have eight players on their team with at least five years of experience in the NBA. Damn, that's crazy. How long has Harrell been in the league? Harrell is in... Three or four, I think. Yeah, he hasn't been in the league for super long. Sorry, I'm trying to find it right now. That Chris Paul trade with Houston now is looking really good for the Clippers. Yeah, because let's see. All these guys are good. Yeah, all of these guys are good. And yeah, but yeah, like I said, they have eight guys on their team with at least five years of experience, and they're all guys who have been playing really big roles for their team, like uh Beverly, Harris, Lou Will, Gallinari. But yeah. Lou Will six man of the year, so maybe. Yeah. You know how we always you know how we always talk about um like what NBA team you'd want to back you up in a street fight, and then we always used to say the Wizards, but like let me get the Clippers in a street fight. Like, oh, man. If you look at it, like... Boban 7-3. I want him on my <laughs> yeah, team. I want, yeah, I want Boban with me. <laughs> like, Pat Beverly, Tobias Harris, like, Montrezl Harrell, all those guys, dude, they could scrap, I bet. Yeah. You know, I would love to see Patrick, Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly knocked out somebody's tooth today. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't intentional, Did he get ejected? Was it? Oh, Patrick Beverly, yeah, he got ejected for like tossing a ball at some dude in the stands. Could you say for a hundred percent certainty though that it wasn't on purpose? Oh no, it was a hundred percent on purpose. Oh, are you meaning for are you meaning <laughs> No, no, the tooth. tooth. The tooth. Okay. Okay. Um I mean with It's Patrick, with Patrick Beverly, Beverly, dude, there's always know. a chance. You never know with him. Like he definitely he he you could have argued a few years ago the intentionally injured Russell Westbrook. <laughs> So, have you guys seen that video of the old video of T Mac when he got ejected? No. For kicking the basketball. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he he kicked the basketball and the referee gave him the tech, mm-hmm. and like the ball, like he was leaving away, and then like after he got the tech, and then he went back to mid court, picks up the ball, and then punts it into the stands and gets ejected yeah we need we needed uh beverly to do something like that tonight because that was weak the little toss at the fan in the stands that was nothing we need a mouse at the palace round exactly and i mean the clippers i mean they had that uh fight last year with the rockets so uh oh yeah yeah that was good yeah (laughs) and they went to the locker room they went to the locker room and there was a report that capella like just went to the locker room and knocked on the door good guy capella chris paul chris paul went full fucking harriet tubman used underground tunnels to get to the other people's locker room (laughs) put that man on the 20 dollar (laughs) bill fuck <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, okay, let's talk about the yeah, yeah. I think we should move on from the Clippers, as you said. We should move right along to the Grizzlies, who we could argue has been the other biggest surprise team in the NBA this season. They're uh, currently at a thirteen and nine and sixth in the West, but a week ago they were first in the West. And uh, I just want to say for the over unders, I took the over up, on them. Shut guys. up! Shut up! Yeah, yeah, no one cares. Uh, we'll all uh, we'll we'll debate our <laughs> over unders at the end of the season and see where we all were. Um, but I think I was wrong on a lot. <laughs> yeah, probably, but I was too. But um, but the Grizzlies are uh, yeah, they're thirteen and nine right now. They 
are they're healthy this year. That's the biggest difference. Uh, Conley's been balling out. Marcus Gasol's been balling out. Jaron Jackson's been balling out. Like I just, this team's catching guys, but te- this team's catching people by surprise right now. And like once again, just like asking you guys, like what's been working for them? They're not broken. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's been the general consensus about Memphis for years is that if they can stay healthy, then they would be a good team. Um, I'm still worried about their health, though. Yeah, well, that's always the big what if. And, you know, they have um, not David Fisdale. So I don't know if that's a a good thing or a bad thing, but. Is there a JB Bickerson? Uh, Yeah. Okay, Um, yeah. But that seems to be working for them, their new coach and their their rejuvenated youth and whatnot. So um, as it always is with the Grizzlies, it's just a matter of how long they can stay healthy. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Wyatt, what do you think? I think Jaron Jackson's a stud. I just, uh, I'm just going to go straight to Jaron Jackson. And I think Jaron Jackson, the thing that's so impressive about him is like he doesn't have to start. He doesn't. It's just he's a rookie. And the thing that's impressive about him is he helps them win games. Like, rookies a lot of times don't do that for your team, but he's helping them win these games. Without him the other night in Brooklyn, they wouldn't have won the game. Yeah, he's uh, started in uh, 19 other 21 games this season so far. Or, I guess if... Oh, he's starting a power forward? Yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, he's been... Oh, yeah, I thought he was coming good. off the bench. No, no, dude, he's going right now. And, That's how much um, I've watched the Grizzlies. Yeah, dude, you're. Uh... <laughs> sorry, sorry, no offense to the Grizzlies, but I mean they're good. They're not necessarily a fun team to watch. I, you know, I love Mike Conley. I've always loved Mike Conley. That's like Great. one of the biggest things with this team is that he, like, obviously he missed most of last season with his injury, but. He's been he's been balling this year. Like he's just doing what he always does when he's out there. He just looks like like I, I I'm gonna run this by you. Like, do you think there's a better teammate in the NBA than Mike Conley? Dude, Mike Con I don't know if this is still a thing, but Mike Conley last year had zero technical fouls ever. I think he got his first one ever last year. Did he really? Yeah. You wanna know huh. who's a good teammate I've heard? <laughs> John Wall. Yeah, no, we're not talking about the Wizards. We already <laughs> leave the Wizards alone, dude. They are doing better. I've heard, jo- I've heard, I've heard. John Wall's a great teammate. LeBron's a great teammate. But yeah, um, Conley just seems like I feel like everyone who plays with him, I feel like it's impossible to have a bad thing to say about that guy. The dude just like does whatever. Like, dude, like, if he's asked to score, he'll do that. If he's asked to distribute, he'll do that. He just doesn't complain about his role ever. He's probably the, like, like, we, like, we always say Dame is the most under, like, there, people always like to say, oh, Dame's the most underappreciated player in the NBA. Truly, it's Mike Conley, in my opinion. Mike Conley and Kemba's up there, too, but I feel like Kemba I think Mike Conley's more, better. Kemba gets more props than Conley, and I think Conley could be better. What do you think, Cody? Hmm. Hmm. I think Conley's definitely a top like seven point guard in the NBA. Okay, easy there, buddy. Wait, who? Wait, Cody. Who would you put ahead of him? Um. Okay, let's let me just let me just think here. In no particular order, just going off people that are better than him right now: Steph, Westbrook, Kyrie, CP3, Dame, Kemba. There's six right there. That's true. So then maybe I don't well, like, know. Between I like, him and Wall, you can argue John Conley's Wall. better than Kemba. I think jo- I think Conley's better than John Wall. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, Conley's better than John Wall. Ooh. Hot take that's alert, very, boys. That's very much a hot take. Because, uh, I mean, John Wall's – I feel like when in terms of like debating John Wall, it's in terms of like personality versus talent. Because talent-wise, he's ahead yeah. of those guys. Well, if you yeah, put talent wise for John Wall, John Wall's a top five point guard. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but the thing is, he's not like Kyle Lowry. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Conley's Conley's not top seven. Conley's he's like <laughs> top ten for sure. Top ten but, for uh, sure. He's top a top ten, 10 point sure. guard. It's that's this just shows how stacked the point guard position is. Like just that Lonzo. <laughs> 
<laughs> I Aaron Fox. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, when you're saying that uh, the Kings don't have a star on their team, Zach, I can't believe you just put disrespect on Zebo's name. Well, I mean, you know, Zebo has a special place in my heart always, uh, especially like his. Put some respect on his name. He's a star. <laughs> It's like Vince Carter on the Hawks. They have a star. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but what were we talking about? Yeah, we were talking. We were talking about uh, Mike Conley and just the Grizzlies. And I mean, I feel like we should go away from a uh, grit from him a little bit and talk about Gasol too. You could argue that uh, Gasol uh, is having like possibly the best year of his career. Like, if you guys looked through what he's doing right now. But, yeah, no, so I know we uh, talked about Gasol before, and he's one of those players that's always kind of, you know, flies under the radar but is silently doing really well every year. But um, this year he's he's rocking 18 points per game, um, nearly uh, 9.5 rebounds, 4 assists per game, and he's doing that on a 47% field goal percentage and almost 42 from 3. So that's not only are those good numbers, but that's extremely efficient. Yeah, and uh, career. Uh, if the season were to end today, that's a career high in rebounds, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, he's never averaged more than 10. 9.7 would be his career high. And uh, wow. he's sticking with his like usual block ratio. Um, but yeah, I feel like the biggest thing where I would almost make the argument that he is having his best year ever is the fact that he's like, what, what you mentioned is 3.0% before. He's at f- almost 42%. And uh, the fact that because he's only really he's only been shooting threes for this is his third season where he's been consistently shooting threes. He right. started shooting them in 2017, really, like on a regular basis. And when he's the just three was becoming more of a thing. Yeah. And he's just kind of embraced that role. And his numbers, he he dipped a little bit last year in his numbers. But so far this year, he's like. Like he's averaging a career high in threes. The only the the only year on his stat sheet that says that uh he had more was a year that he shot uh where they hit uh two thirds of his threes roughly, but that was just because he barely took any and he just happened to make a couple. Mm. So yeah, he's just uh but yeah, he's He's yeah, he hit two for three that season. So so he did exactly hit two thirds of his threes. And but when you yeah. make that, it goes right there. He can shoot it, which means he should be shooting it from the first place. Exactly. Well, that's like he's been. He just expanded his game this year to like fit a modern system. And this is a guy who's thirty three now, and he just oh, completely yeah. or thirty four, and he just completely changed his game, which is it prolonged his career. Yeah, it's if crazy. If he can continue to shoot that for the next three, four years, then he can play when he's 38 if he can still shoot good. Yeah, exactly. It's going to prolong a lot of guys' careers by the fact that uh, the three-pointer is becoming more of a thing now because you don't lose shooting. Yeah, it's there's been, yeah, there's been a lot. Of, like we talked about Brooke Lopez already as a guy who uh, completely changed his game has just been like lights out from three this season. It's just become... I mean, We're starting to see these look at Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver, if he couldn't shoot, shouldn't be in the league anymore. Yeah, absolutely not. And yeah, there's a lot of like it's it's the way to keep yourself in the league. And Gasol now like knows that, and he's still doing that while still keeping his interior presence, which is which is just extremely impressive. And like they have two bigs who can shoot. Jaron Jackson at power forward, he can shoot too. So they just, they're, which is weird because at college, everybody was like, oh, he can't shoot that well. He's not going to be that much of a shooter. And now it's like, he's just stroking the three. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, we, but the Memphis has traditionally been this grit and grind team and they're not really grit and grind anymore. They're kind of going with the times, but their grit and grind is kind of over and they've kind of moved with the rest of the league which has really helped them this year. But also like the Clippers, I'm not 100% sure what they're doing right now is sustainable. But as of right now, 
it's been pretty damn successful. And I love I've... to see anybody else but Golden State on top. Exactly. <laughs> That's how we all are right now. Eventually, I'm assuming. Irving just don't care about the regular season. Well, yeah, that's basically what it is. It the doesn't injuries. really matter because come me- April, May, June, uh, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to blow them out. So. Yeah. But, yeah, we digress yet Boring again. Boring injury. Uh, <sighs> um, but if we did talk about Jaron Jackson a lot. Um, so, And we also mentioned the rookies a little bit, the rookie ladder. So I was thinking that we should talk about the guy who's been widely considered to be the best rookie in the NBA this season. And that Luka. is uh Luca. Luca Doncic. He's bit he was drafted third to Dallas. Almost everyone was big on him that he was gonna be good. The if I was of the opinion for months that if you weren't big on him, you were just like a hipster idiot who's trying to go away from what was popular. Uh, but this guy can play. This like that's just straight up he can play. And yeah, he is good. Yeah, uh, he currently he is averaging eighteen point five points per game and six point five rebounds and four point three assists. He's not shooting great. That's the thing. He's only shooting forty four percent from the field. But his three point percentage is good. Time goes on. Rookies usually deal with field goal percentage problems. And this was that was a lot more towards the start of the year. He's been he's been kind of increasing his uh. Now he just has to shoot lately. forty feet and we'll go in. Yeah, but they won tonight without him too. Yeah, they did. They beat the Clippers, but uh, but yeah, but they, that felt good for DeAndre. Yeah, with Blazers <laughs> play the Mavs, we're gonna get to watch him personally on Tuesday. <laughs> did you guys see his thing where uh, even though they lost to the Lakers that he blocked LeBron twice in one possession I did see that that had that felt like the well not, not it didn't quite feel like the whole Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron moment but uh, it kind of felt like oh this guy really is this guy's the real deal isn't he <laughs> like, he is good yeah we, as what you said before I guess I guess you don't have as much to say about him because uh I've been the one who really wanted to talk about him. <laughs> no, I mean it's just we I mean it's not that I mean he is really good. It's just that I feel like there was less of a uh like less of a wonder factor or less of a, like a mystery kind of thing behind it because Effie, I mean when he came from the European League, we you know, everybody pretty much knew what he could do, but it's just I think it has been a little bit surprising how well it's translated and how how flawlessly and how immediately it's it's paid off for him. He very he very much looks like the only guy in this draft who has previously played professional basketball. Oh, for sure, for sure. And his his IQ reflects that. His basketball um, decision making and in playmaking definitely reflects that he's played professional basketball at a high level before. Yeah, and yeah, it's not like the Spanish league is a bunch of like because he was in the Spanish league. And it's not. Like, oh yeah, okay. it's not. I'm like 99 sure that he was in the span. And like, it's not like there were a bunch of scrubs. That he, no, absolutely not. Like, yeah, that's the Spanish league is definitely a bunch. Not a bunch of scrubs. You saw what he was on the did to Giannis last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's that. That's literally just what it says on fantasy. Mario Hazonia steps over Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a crazy moment and uh, it was very funny because it was the only points he scored that night and he was still talking shit post game <laughs> he said oh did you guys see his quote he was talking about how like you can't be afraid in the nba oh god he had a viral moment of this is what the advice says he scored two points with two boards <laughs> and two assists and one steal in 12 minutes against the bucks on saturday he had a viral moment of the night with a dunk near Giannis Antetokounmpo, then stepping over him, a, a Allen Iverson and Ty Lu- uh, Okay, they just linked the Allen Iverson Ty Lue video below. And then after the game, Giannis said something about Mario's move. I'm going to punch him in the nuts next time, Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks play the Knicks on Christmas. 
So hopefully someone gets Mario a cup for Christmas. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna Nicholas Batum him. You know dude. my favorite part about that? Giannis admitted there would be a next time. <laughs> oh my god. Zonia's gonna dunk on him again. I'm ready. He's gonna let him dunk on him so he has an excuse to punch him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so we were on Doncic. Um Yeah, and somehow we got to Punching Hazonia. I feel like I'd be disrespecting Hazonia if I said, like, if I didn't mention the fact that he dunked on Giannis. Also, I want to mention the fact that in Game of Zones, the Raptors (laughs) don't trade for him and they take a horse instead. Which is still still (laughs) the right move. (laughs) Oh, for sure. But, um... Former Blades are great Mario Hazonia. For all of two minutes. (laughs) When Woj accidentally tweeted that he got traded to the Blazers. <laughs> or that we signed him. <laughs> that we signed yeah. him. Yeah. But uh, back on to Doncic, Dallas is currently the eight seed. Like, I know we've talked about how, like, this seeding really doesn't matter right now. Are they really? Yeah, they're 11 and 10. They have a winning record. And oh, that makes this game on Tuesday when we play them way more important. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this Dallas team, like, they are they don't look bad right now. And, which, I mean, we've... Like, you kind of forget everything that they have. Like, they have DeAndre Jordan. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Wesley Matthews. Mm. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He's been balling really good lately. Yeah, and he's been balling, too. Like, they just have they just have this great rebuild going right now. That's look, like, out, look out for this team in, like, two years. Yeah, exactly. And Same with the Kings. I'm looking at their stuff right now, too. Oh, but I feel like this also needs to go... Uh, mentioned a little bit just for one moment shout out to deandre jordan the guy's shooting 77 percent from the free throw look line. at you man look dude he really he's a career 45 percent free throw shooter and this year he's shooting 77 percent he's still he's averaging four attempts a game four that's seven good tonight like like he started to raise it last year he got up to 58 last season but yeah, he's just been continuously rising. And this guy was like a laughably terrible free throw shooter for the longest time. I feel like this is proof that uh that whenever guys say that they can't shoot free throws and then people just it's accept in their head. it, it's an excuse. Yeah. It's like oh, you just for gotta, sure. like you, you just gotta actually try and change your free like fix your free throw form. Like the these guys get paid to play bat to shoot free throws. <laughs> they should like be if, able if, to make them. If I can shoot a better free throw percentage than you, like, and you're making millions and millions of dollars, like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should be shooting a when thousand I shoot free throws free a day. Throw, that's not good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, shout out to him, dude. He's almost to eighty percent now. It's. I wonder if there's like a monetary bonus if he does so well. You know, like if he cracks <laughs> seventy five, he gets like an extra mill on his contract or something. That would be funny. <laughs> but. But no, that's I never thought I would see the day where I saw DeAndre Jordan's seventy-seven percent free throw shooter, like even in like a single game. (laughs) Stay tuned. Next season, he's going to start launching them from forty feet. Oh, dude! Yeah, if he yeah, he's also on that like Ed on that. uh, He's also on the wrong side of thirty. So uh, you never know if he'll be the guy to start jacking threes to uh, age his game well. (laughs) Mm, That's sad. He's going to be one of those players I low-key miss when he's gone. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's time we do, boys. Yeah. I feel like it's time that we get this point. Really? The point that we, are we really going to do this? We are. All right. Blazers, La Florida, the last five. Everyone have a good weekend. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Small Bar Market. <laughs> but for real, though, we should talk about the Blazers because they have not been good lately. And uh, Doo-doo. Yep. This is uh, Blazers Corner. It's now everybody's least favorite part of the podcast where we talk about it's a sad, lonesome corner <laughs> where we talk about our kind of beloved, kind of hate you sometimes Portland Trail. It's fucking frustrating, man. This and I we will try and make this to the point where like we're not like r- rambling to the point there. It makes no sense, but. What like what is the big issue with this team right now? They've lost. Uh, they're three and seven in their last ten. 
what is the big issue? We're yeah. But, we can't defend the three-point line to save our lives. Yeah, like, that's one of the first points I was going to make, too, that uh, they they haven't, like, the two straight games now against Denver and San Antonio, two bottom ten three-point shooting teams shot super well from beyond the arc. Denver especially just lit us up, dude. Yeah, like, this... Yeah, the, the, we have no perimeter defense right now. Like, there's just a lot of bad defense going on. Like, the offense is still putting up decent numbers right now. I oh, mean, sure. I, feel, I feel like on the, offensive, uh, on the offensive end of things is people saw how... Um, what's that? What's that team with the guy with the one eyebrow? New Orleans. <laughs> people, saw how, people saw how New Orleans played us in the playoffs. And they were like, oh, shit, that kind of works, you know? So they hedge on those screenings, on those pick and rolls, and they double-team Dame and CJ, and they force somebody on our team to beat us or to beat them. You know, they force Chief or they force Stauskas or Seth or, you know, Myers. Um, and it's just when, when Dame and CJ aren't able to initiate the offense and effectively control the flow of the game, the Blazers are not capable of winning long term i'm still kind of stuck on the fact that the blazers have been so bad right now that you actually forgot who anthony davis was for a second <laughs> no i forgot the name of the team uh, I, forgot, I forgot the geographical location of anthony davis oh, okay but yeah i agree with you on the fact that they've been trying to make like other people beat them like because it's not like dame hasn't been balling out right now like he had 37 tonight against san antonio and like he's I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in 40-point games right now. I think like, he has, what, four? Damn it. He has four on the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to see. Because it feels like, I feel like CJ is very inconsistent this year. And we've talked about that previously on the pod, about how inconsistent CJ has been. And, I mean... We, we've had games where he's been great. Like, he scored over... He, did he score, I think, 30 against Denver the other night? And he, I mean, he won Western Conference Player of the Week? Yeah, he's won a Western Conference Player of the Week. He's had, like, a few 30-point games, but, like, then he'll go out and drop a dud where he has, like, 12 points and shoots, like, 30% from the field. And... I think but, this team shoots bad shots too much. I, I kind of agree I, with you. I, mean, I like to see Zach Collins shooting the three, but as much as I hate to say it, it's like, I mean, I've seen him stroke it before, but a lot of times he just doesn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. He does need to improve his game, but I mean, Stotts has always kind of run with the system of like, if you're open, shoot it. That's why Chief has been a a big time shooter over the last few years, and he he's had his fair share of moments so far this year too. Like he had a good game tonight. It was like, there's just, I, I I feel like I'm ragging on CJ a little too much, but have you guys ever noticed that like he tries to do too much when the Blazers are down? I he feel does. like Dame can do that at times I, too though. Yeah. I think Dame does that too, but I feel like CJ will kind of like run ISO ball a little more to the yeah. point where like, like, there were there were several possessions against Denver where I would get frustrated because CJ didn't even pass the ball one time on the play. Yeah. And there were a couple times tonight too when I saw guys wide open and I'm like, pass the ball to Chief. He's got the hot hand. And it's like after Chief was draining those threes, I don't think he touched the ball again. He didn't touch the ball a lot, at least. Like there In wasn't the fourth quarter, it was like I don't think I saw Chief really get the ball that much. And I'm like, shouldn't he be shooting it more? Yeah, he was like five at like one point in the third quarter. He was like five for seven from the field and like four or five from beyond the arc. <laughs> Just because yeah. your name's not Dame or CJ doesn't mean you shouldn't be shooting it. Yeah, exactly. And and I know Cody, probably the Cody's most frustrating pra- player is uh, Nurkic, but... <laughs> 
I don't think he's been playing bad tonight. He's been good though lately. Like he really he has, has been. been. Good, but there's so many there's so many times where I'm like, man, I don't know. He's just a fr- he's a frustrating player to watch because he could just so easily elevate to that next level if he just worked on a few things, you know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I could see being, if he worked harder, I could see him being a 2010 player. Speaking of working hard, um, this season, uh, this is the one bright side. One bright side of what I've been seeing so far. I've probably said good play Myers to myself more times this season than I have in the previous six years combined. Like Myers actually looks like a rotation player this year, like a guy who actually deserves to be get playing time. And and out of our bench outside of Stauskas, he's like the only one that can shoot. Like I'm not cringing when he's going out there anymore. Like I'm just like cool. Myers is coming in. Let's see what he can do. Um, yeah, tonight he had, was it tonight or against Denver? Either way, he had a, like, where he tried to kind of, like, Euro step in his way into the lane, and I was, it was a little cringy, but, yeah. um, I feel like, I feel like he's really good, and I mean, don't get me wrong, he can shoot mid-range, but I feel like if, if he's in the restricted zone, or if he's beyond the arc, he's really good. I feel like where he starts to get lost is in that sort of congestion area, right around the elbows, sort of free throw line area. Um, where there's a lot of yeah. movement going on, he kind of gets lost in that area. But if he's either down low or out beyond the arc, I feel like he's doing really, really well this season. Well, I mean, we've always said for years that his issue is obviously mental. Like we felt like oh, yeah, we always felt sure. like his confidence was shot. Like we always knew that he had the talent. Because I mean, look—he's huge. He's and he's strong. He's one of the strongest players on the team. I'm sure. Probably you could. You, I'm sure. Like in terms of like pure strength, I would almost bet he's probably among the strongest in the league. Would you? Like, Dude, he's you, ripped. Yeah, he's ripped. Like he's huge. And well, if you remember a, a couple years ago, he was too. he was on like a top five list of like secretly strongest people in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what Same I'm saying. Same thing with Mello, though. Mello was on that list, too. We're not talking about Mello. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Mello, but uh, I just wanted to say that that's a surprising thing to Mello's game. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But What was I going to say about... The thing I think I've noticed the most about Myers this year is he's actually finally realizing he's a seven-footer and he's gigantic. Yeah. Like, when he goes in the lane, I mean, I've seen him, like, every single game, it feels like there's, like... He tries to poster somebody. Yeah. He, and, he, like, he goes up and he flies and it's like, it's like, oh, shit. And, I mean, he gets fouled every time. He hasn't actually made one of those posters yet, but. He had a nice dunk against Denver the other night. He did have a nice dunk. He did, where he hung on the rim. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, match up be a delay a game. <laughs> yeah, they called the timeout right after he did it, though, so it would have been okay. It was the same logic of, like, the LeBron thing. LeBron, yeah. yeah. I was glad they called they they didn't call that a foul when they didn't call the LeBron one though because at least the refs kept it a little consistent. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's like we know he can shoot. We see him hit his shots. The, my big issue with him and shooting is that he probably has his slow. Release. Yeah, he probably has like the yeah. slowest release in the NBA. <laughs> so if he could quicken like that release, at the free throw he'd be line. deadly. Yeah, if he if he had a fast, but the thing is, he has a good shot. Like it's a good form. Oh, it's just, it's so fundamental. Like the legs and the elbow, like it's just such a fundamental shot, but it's just ungodly slow. Yeah. And I mean, he's shooting, like, I don't know if it's changed in the last few days, but he's shooting over 51%. Yeah. At one point, he was leading the league in three point percentage this season. 50, 40, 90 club here. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But yeah, that's like. Myers Leonard in the 50 40 90 club. But yeah, I mean, I have He was no, one. Year. I have no. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he did and it like didn't and it didn't uh count cuz he count. didn't play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh But yeah, that's just I have no delusions that Myers is going to be like this insane player who's going to uh who's going to like light up the bench and do stuff. But I mean, I just like to see that he's he looks like a rotation player this year and a guy who can actually I wouldn't you know and then I wouldn't mind us if we signed him back for after his contract's up for a less of a contract because you know he's not going to get the same contract somewhere else but he's not going to get that contract offer again but I mean I'm sure he'd be willing to come back I think if the Blazers don't sign him I think he's out of the league yeah 
No, I don't want to go that far. I mean, I feel like he's got a role yeah. somewhere. But I mean, we still have a couple more years. He just has a bad knack for it. But I think, I think just fans of the Blazers in general have changed their opinion on him this year. Well, yeah, he was the Blazers fans' punching bag for a long time. And he was just a scapegoat. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was like I think I mentioned it before that I think I thought that I I think I mentioned this like either in the last part of the pod before, but I thought that uh, Blazers fans were venting their frustration with Neil O'Shea at Myers through Myers, yeah, yeah, and it it wasn't his fault that he accepted a ten million dollar a year contract. Like, yeah, who are you, you're gonna say no? Yeah. Like, what? Exactly. You no, know, that's a little unreasonably like high Evan for me. Turner How about five? The yeah. Contract and Andre Iguodala, and he was like, "They offered you what?" <laughs> yeah, that like, was. He's like, "Look what these guys offered me." But yeah, in terms of struggles with the Blazers, uh, I still don't like Evan Turner. I feel like that's all I have to say about him. I feel like yeah, we still lost, but uh, I feel like that's really all I have to say about the Blazers. How about you guys? Um, we need more assists. I'm tired of being damn near dead last and assist in the league. Yeah, we were. We should uh, we weren't there for a while. Change but that. We've been doing kind of bad in that again. Yeah, I'm... you know what's funny is right as our assist numbers dipped again, we started losing a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was sitting here. Try- what? Oh, I was just gonna say while you guys were talking, I was trying to find like the like win loss percentage like when the blazers average so many assists but i couldn't find it i know it's high i know we win a lot more when we assist a lot but uh when the blazers it just it bugs me so much i'm getting really tired of the iso ball thing same yeah well i guess that that kind of adds leads into a question uh does something need to change if things keep up this way? Like in terms of uh, the Damon CJ combo, because they're both very uh, ISO heavy players. I would say give it to the mid mid the mid season trade deadline and then figure something yeah. out. Yeah, you know, um, I read an article shortly after Paul Allen died that uh, rest in peace, Paul Allen. Um, shortly after he died, that was talking about how. You know, after they got swept by New Orleans, Dame and uh, Paul Allen had a talk, and he was Paul Allen was ready to ready to go. You know, ready to fire shots and ready to uh, to start making moves. And Dame was like, "Okay, one more year, one more year." You know, and Paul Allen was like, "Okay, like you got one more year." You know, he went to bat for shots. He 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 truly does believe in in the guys that he has around him. And like he basically you know, like Damian and. All met to basically be like, what do we do next? Yeah, exactly. And you know, now that that Paul Allen has passed away, and there's you know eventually going to be a new owner coming in, like it or not, there's going to be a new direction with a new owner, most likely. And so, the new yeah, owner I, has I, the has the full control of the boat, man. Like full of the ship. Like he's going to get to decide everything that happens. Yeah, but I I kind of agree with Wyatt. We um, I feel like we have to evaluate the trend once we get towards closer to towards a uh, all-star break trade deadline time. And uh, if it's not trending generally upwards in a, in a way that's positive for the future, then I feel like we need to start taking uh, a real considerate look at what the Blazers future is going forward surrounding Dame and CJ. I feel like uh, the fact that Paul on has passed away, could potentially keep a move, a potential move off the table until the end of this season. Because that, until yeah, until the team has another owner, because they wouldn't want to do anything that would potentially jeopardize a sale or something. Because like, like this team trades Lillard, which I'm not saying they would do that, and I think that would be the absolute wrong move. But say, I think Lillard's the only untouchable on this team. Yeah, but I was just saying, like, it's say like this. Like Lillard is off the team, the value of this team is different because some owners yeah, want to sure. get into a winning situation immediately. Like there are certain things you could do to entice like excitement for a team, and if the Blazers are looking like they're not going to be exciting for the next few years, that makes uh, finding a new owner much more difficult. But I think that I think that keeps roughly the star core intact through the season. But yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts on uh, Portland? Mm, not just, much. Just, it's just like 
tired of being average. (laughs) It's been a really rough past week or so of this team. It's I'm tired of seeing it, and I'm get I get frustrated when watching them play, and it's like I think something needs to change. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what it is about this team. They're playing the same way they usually do. Just the shots aren't falling and whatnot. It's, I don't, I don't know what to think. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they're better. I'm watching them play and I'm like, they're better than this. Mm -hmm. I've seen them perform better than this, but. You've seen them beat good, better teams and like good. Like they're losing to teams that they shouldn't be losing to. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what they look like? They look like an eight seed. That's what they look like right now. Yeah, that's exactly where we don't want to be. But in the West, you never know. But um, I feel they're like even not in the on. playoffs. They don't look like they shouldn't be in the playoffs right now. It's like they're playing like Houston is right now. Yeah, well, Houston's turning it around some, but uh, a little no, bit. But uh, I guess we'll see. Yep. Well, we'll just see how this turns out. Long season to go. Still about three quarters of the season left. But uh, we should move right along. Uh, Wyatt, do you uh, have a lukewarm take for this week? I kind of put it in there earlier with the Conley thing, but I mean... Conley better than John Wall. You heard it here first. All right, all right. Uh, you know, that's, I could think of another let's one take real a quick. Poll. Uh, let's take a poll. Let's put. Let's poll it on the Twitter page. Oh yeah. We'll post their statistics. We'll post their uh we'll post their stats. We'll go player A, player B, and then we'll see who's better. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that in place of why it's lukewarm take this week. Put put win loss percentage in there too. Alright, alright, alright. Or when yeah, they're on the can, court. Like We'll do with their plus minus in there. We'll get their win loss. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll yeah, we'll do that in place of why it's lukewarm takes lukewarm take this week. But uh yeah. Uh do you guys have any other thoughts before we wrap this up? I'll take that as a thank note. you for <laughs> thank you for grieving with us. Yeah, that's that's very true. Grieving. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the Blazers can do to figure things out. Uh, but NBA all around is looking fun right now. That's all I do. It. Oh, it's good. Really yeah, it's good. It's a good time to be a basketball fan. Yeah, and especially what a Blazers fan. Yeah, especially a Western basketball. Conference fan. It's going to be a stressful season for fans of every single Western Conference team except the Suns. You guys know right where you are, but. <laughs> But uh, other than that, uh, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to Small Ball Market. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Small Ball Market. Follow us on Instagram, Small Ball Market. If you have any uh, questions or anything, feel free to reach out to us in our DMs or email us, smallballmarket at gmail.com. But uh, other than that, I think we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Adios.